You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you find podcasts. You'll find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show. For fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. And you can always get Locked on Packers on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. So download the Himalaya app in your store wherever you get apps which I assume is the store. I don't think there's a there's a black market for apps. And subscribe to Locked on Packers. We are going to spend some time today talking about Ja'Kai Polite and about the, the situation Green Bay is in with the pass rush because what has gone on with Ja'Kai Polite in context of what has happened with the edge rush market in this draft is really interesting. And, and I want to get to that a little bit later. But let's start with what happened with Ja'Kai Polite because I I talked the last show about the opportunity in front of him, the chance he had to get rid of all of the the stigma and the residual effect of a really bad performance at the Combine. There was the bad interviews and the attitude that he had about them and, and the criticism that he aimed at teams for asking about his poor play. A really bad look for a player uh, to handle himself that way. And you couple that with the fact that he showed up in Indianapolis with added weight, but not good weight. So when when it, when it when you're an undersized player and you played 240, 245, and your agent or your team... Or whoever says you need to be 250, 255, 260 at the combine, that doesn't mean you go to McDonald's every day. He did not put on the right kind of weight. He didn't show up in his bodybuilder muscle beach body with 10, 15 new pounds of muscle on his frame. He had that opportunity to do that. Now, you probably from from the end of December into January to February, you don't have the opportunity to do a ton to your body. So that's why it's even more troubling that in that time what he did was put on 15 pounds or thereabouts of bad weight. That can't happen. This is the biggest moment of your career. This is the first opportunity coaches get to see of you. A lot of the coaches haven't seen you on tape. They don't know how explosive you are. They don't know what you're capable of doing. They don't know how dynamic a player you are. So they're meeting you, and then they're going back to the tape in a lot of cases with these players. The scouts have done their job. The scouts have seen you. They know what you're capable of doing on the field, but the coaches haven't necessarily. 
So this is all part of the process. This is this is an initial impression as a person. And he made a really bad impression. And then he got hurt. And you say, okay, this this might have been a real injury. It might not have been a real injury. It seems like now at the pro day, he was dealing with something, but then completed the drills, fought through them. Is this a problem? Is this real? These are all questions that NFL teams are going to be asking. And for him to go out and perform the way that he did, which is to say really badly, you know, 14 reps on the bench and, and bench press is not something this is, this is a preparation test. It's like, you know, they call the drug test at the combine an intelligence test because everyone knows they're going to get tested. If you test, if you pop positive at the combine, it's just because you're an idiot or you you have a substance abuse problem or some combination of the two. And if you can only at, at 6'3", 6'2", 255, you can only put up an average number for a wide receiver on the bench. That is a problem with preparation. And if you go out and you can only run a 5 flat 40, you get worse at your pro day. That's a problem. Bad agilities. The agility testing, the three cone, the short shuttle. Terrible. Terrible. Just not not a first-round athlete based on the numbers that we have. How much of that was the hamstring and how much of that was what he was is really capable of. But that the hamstring does not have any bearing on the rest of his physique. If if you have a hamstring issue, just just go rep it out on the bench, my guy. I mean, like I, I'm I'm not a I'm not a gym bro. I have long arms and and have been sort of scrawny my whole life. So the the bench press has never been something I've been good at. But this is this is your job. And and if you can't be doing all of the stuff with your lower body because you have this hamstring injury apparently, then what is the excuse for the rest of your body looking the way that it does? What is the excuse for not being up to speed with everything else that you have to be doing? Now, I understand a 20-year-old kid is not going to be prepared, and he necessarily. That, that can happen. I get it. You have a bad combine. You're not prepared. And he, he stood there in, in front of the NFL Network cameras, answered the questions, said, you know, I wasn't prepared mentally for that. And he took the heat. And that's great for him. That's a sign of maturity. And he said, I wanted to show them I'm, I'm hurt, but I wanted to show them that I could battle through. And that is a point in his favor. The problem is we got to this point because he put himself in this position by not being in shape. You know what happens when you're not in shape? You do things like tweak hamstrings. When you carry bad weight, you do things like tweak hamstrings because your body is out of whack. It's not running it at optimum performance. And so now you're, you're, you're putting yourself at risk and you're having to fight through these things. This is an issue of preparation. So if there are already these questions coming into the combine about your dedicated persona, are you dedicated to this job? Because when in college, there were questions about that. There were questions about maturity, about seriousness. And everything that's happened to this point have only exacerbated those questions. They've underscored those questions. 
So, you know, when I get, when I get a, a message like the one I got on Twitter from Garrett Cumber, he said, I've seen drafts in the past week that have polite dropping way out of the top 10, even with him in the second round. What do you make of this to me? If a guy is like this is available at 30, I'm going to take him. Why is this a bad idea? Well, I'll tell you why this is a bad idea because there are too many other good players who don't have a litany of red flags and who, based on the information that we have now, are NFL players, whereas Ja'Kai Polite is just not. And it is true that when you when you watch him, when you study him, he looks awesome. I mean, no one was carrying the flag for Ja'Kai Polite more than I was. I was a huge Retire Moms fan, and, and I am still going to continue to hope that he can turn this around, whether it's on the Packers or or whatever team. I hope he can do it, but he hasn't shown that he can do it. One year of college production and a heinous offseason draft process is not a good start. But you watch the on the on the field, he does play with fire. He does play with dedication. He'll run plays down. He'll, he'll chase guys down 20 yards down the field. He plays like his hair's on fire. He never stops coming at the quarterback. And so how do you square this? How do you take what you see on the field and say, this doesn't match the kid that, that we're looking at? So why doesn't it? And it doesn't match the athletic profile that we're looking at. So why doesn't it? What are the issues here? And maybe you can just say, look, he's hurt. And it's as simple as that. And, and, and if he were 100% healthy, he'd run, you know, a 4 6 five, 40, and he'd have a great 10-yard split, and he'd have a low three-cone, and he would, he would be the athlete that he looks like he is on tape. That's a pretty big risk. And when you add in some of the intangible stuff that we don't know about, but all of these reports coming out about the, the, the issues that he had in interviews and then admitting he wasn't mentally prepared for them, it's not to say that I don't think he's not worth being drafted. Based on what we saw last year at Florida, he is absolutely worthy of being drafted. And you he is the kind of guy you want to have in for a private visit. You want to use one of those top 30 visits on Ja'Kai Polite because you want to get in and you want to have more time with him. You want to, you want to say, what makes this guy tick? Is he going to use this as a jumping off point? Or is this going to be a sticking point? Is this going to be something that he's going to use to fuel his career moving forward? Or is it going to be a setback that he allows to define his career? Because those are really the two biggest options at this point. And he could land somewhere in the middle. But you look at last year. Arden Key at LSU was considered a top five pick. In in the discussion before the before the season to be the number one overall pick, he didn't produce, he didn't test well, he didn't interview well, and he fell all the way to the third round. Now he had a decent season for Oakland last year as a rookie, did some nice things. What are you getting if you draft Jakai Polite? I don't know. He's still so young. He's still so young. So. I mean, I'm, I'm my struggle right now is trying to figure out where the value is in polite. And, and you have to have him in. You have to talk to him. You have to figure out where his head is. 
And if you realize, look, he was just hurt. And maybe he's not quite as going to test off the charts athletically like some of these other guys. Derek Barnett did not test off the charts coming out of Tennessee. But he got the job done at Tennessee. Sack records. Now, Polite doesn't have that. But you saw him in the SEC last year just wreck people. Wreck games. Take over games. He has the potential. But he's falling. I'd be shocked to see him in the top 100. But then you look at the Packers. They've got two fourth-round picks. 114, 118. Certainly, that is a position where you could take a flyer on someone. And it's also something where you could say, at 75, they have someone they like, they take him. And then you take 114 and 118, and maybe you you can move up. You take two-fourths, and you can move into a range where polite is and and you can take that risk because there's just no question before all of this stuff happened based on just what we saw on the field top 15 top 20 player in this class based on pure talent football ability on tape but all of these other things matter they matter they have to matter and we see over and over again that they do matter remember eddie lacy Coming out of Alabama, there were questions about how much he loved football. And this is one of those things that we hear all the time. Does he love the game? And most of these questions are stupid because they come out when someone like Josh Rosen likes to read. And it's like, well, he's got interests outside of football. It's like, yeah, okay, well, that makes him a human person. We we have to be careful about stuff like that. But there were red flags When you hear Eddie Lacy say things like, I don't really watch football. I'd rather play video games. I play Dragon Ball Z. And, you know, I have to to be forced to eat a certain way to do the things that I want to do. And I just like playing the game. Those Those are red flags. The thing about being an NFL player is the 16 games that you get to play, if you get to play all 16 of those games because of your health, are not a product of the week that you get to play that week. It's not a it's not a product of that preparation. Everything you do to play those 16 games comes from the rest of the year when you have to bust your ass in the weight room and you've got to be, you know, running suicides out on the field and you've got to do those Larry Fitzgerald tire workouts and you've got to be in the in the training room with JJ Watt and you've got to be eating right and you've got to be putting in the tape study. You've got to be doing so much to get to that level. That if an NFL team doesn't think you're willing to put in the work, then they have to make a determination of what is your talent worth? How are, how are you going to age as a player? Because as a rookie contract, Eddie Lacy, as a running back, you take the gamble. Green Bay made the gamble. It paid off for them. He got hurt and just could never work hard enough to get back on the field. Couldn't keep the weight off. Couldn't stay healthy. And just didn't he just didn't love the game, and that's not a, that's not a, even a criticism necessarily. It is a detriment to his football career, but he could be living a happy, healthy life right now. He just he has to make those decisions for him. But you can't spend a top thirty pick, a top forty five pick, on a guy who you don't know is going to put in the work. They have to think and know that he's going to put in the work. 
So where is that value? I don't know where that value is. We'll find out. My guess would be, we take Arden Key as a, an example here. He went from top five-ish to 87. It's hard to imagine Ja'Kai Polite goes in the top 100 now. Day three, Green Bay has two picks in the fourth round. I, I think that's where you start to make that consideration. And this, this dovetails beautifully with our next topic, which we'll get to in just a second. At first, I was I was really shocked at what happened in free agency when Green Bay went whole hog on edge rushers. And something really struck me as I was prepping for this podcast and and, and getting into this discussion with Ja'Kai Polite, and that was, you know, you, two months ago, three months ago, you would sit and you would look at mock drafts and you try and slot in these players and you're thinking, man, Green Bay is just going to have their pick of a group of really talented pass rushers. Montez Sweat, Ja'Kai Polite, Brian Burns, maybe Ed Oliver falls, maybe someone like Devin White falls, and and even though he's not a pass rusher, he's a really talented linebacker. And there was all of this excitement about the opportunities to improve the pass rush. And then over the course of the last couple of weeks and going back to February in Indianapolis, Montez Sweat tests off the freaking charts. He's going to be a top 10 pick. Really always should have been a top 10 pick, but is is for sure going to be a top 10 pick now. Ja'Kai Polite, gone. Not even close to the discussion now at 12. Ed Oliver, tests well. He's a freak. I think he is solidly inside that top 12. Now, if he if he falls to 12, Green Bay, I think, has a very interesting discussion to be had. I think he is a great option at 12. Obviously, if he's there, he would be my pick. I think he's one of the three or four best players in this whole draft. So if he's there at 12, no-brainer, you take him. Same with Montez Sweat. But there is a scenario now, and Green Bay was was aware of this scenario when they went into free agency a couple weeks ago. Polite had already crushed his draft stock. Sweat had already boosted his, and we knew Bosa and Allen were not falling. So now the four best pass rushers that we thought, or four of the five, if you want to include Brian Burns, are not going to be in range. And Green Bay was looking at a scenario at 12 where if Burns somehow sneaks into the top 11, they could have been stuck with nothing. They could have been fully SOL. And if they just get one guy, if they just get, let's say they just get Preston Smith. And I thought the Preston Smith deal was, was, you know, below what the market we thought was going to be. We thought he was going to get something like 15 or 16. We thought he was going to get the Zadarius Smith deal. He got a little bit less than that. And that would have been a good, that would have been a good signing for Green Bay. But no Clay Matthews, no Nick Perry. You just have Preston Smith. If Brian Burns is gone and all those other guys are gone, you, your chance to get that high-impact edge guy is gone. They're gone. Now, there are other players that, that you can like, and, and if you like Chase Winovich at 44, or there, you know there are some other players to consider in the draft at other points that, that could be appealing to Green Bay, and, and, and that's something that I think they're still going to consider. 
But I have to believe one of the biggest reasons that they were as into free agency as they were is because the draft broke the way that it did. That that circumstances changed because Green Bay is very unlikely now to be sitting there at 12 looking at a bevy of impact pass rushers. More likely, they'll, they, there might be someone who falls, in which case they can just take them, but more likely they're going to have to choose a group of lesser options. Not, and maybe lesser is the wrong way to phrase it because maybe not even lesser options. I think Andre Dillard is a top 10 player. If he's there, take him. I've, I've made my position on TJ Hawkinson clear. I've made my position on Devin Bush clear. There are still going to be really good players, and I don't mean to insinuate that there won't be. There's still going to be very good players at 12. But in terms of improving the pass rush, that that is going to be more difficult now than it looked like it was going to be in January. And I have to believe that that played into the way that they viewed this free agency period. And so now what they're able to do is they can go offensive line, receiver. Nikhil Harry had a great pro day. He checks all the boxes. Green Bay is very much interested in him. And I think we have to prepare ourselves. And I'm, I'm writing about this for SB Nation this week, either today or tomorrow, about the, the draft that, and we'll talk about it on the show, the draft that Packer fans are not talking about. And that could be something like offensive tackle at 12, receiver at 30, and you know, something crazy at 44. Who knows? Who knows? Cornerback at 44. That's in play. They, they might not take a tight end in the top 50. They might not take a safety in the top 50. Now, I, I think they are. I think they're taking a safety early, but these are these are things that they can they can get some of these other players early now, and it lines up with where the strengths of the draft are. So they don't have to worry about if Brian Burns is there and they don't love him, they don't have to take him now. If, if they had only gotten Preston Smith and they're sitting there at 12 and they're deciding between a, a, a pass rusher and an offensive tackle that they think are similar quality, before they had to take that edge rusher if they only signed Preston Smith or Zadarius Smith, one of those two, they have to do it. They don't have to do it now. And even if they even if they think the pass rusher is a little bit below that offensive tackle, maybe they feel obligated to take him. For me, Burns is below Dillard. Before, maybe you still have to consider that it's more important that you get that pass rusher because he's going to play so much and and has the, the chance to impact the game so much more. But now that's not the case. We've been over this. If Dillard starts at right tackle in 2020 and, and does so for the rest of his rookie deal, that's huge. That's a huge part of your team. And so now Green Bay, Ja'Kai Polite in the fourth round, Pull the trigger. You can do that now. They have positioned themselves to take a risk like that because he doesn't have to come in and give you snaps. He can develop. He can get in with your strength and conditioning coaches. He can get in with your with your new linebackers coach. He can get in with Mike Patton. Figure out the scheme. Get get you know acclimatized. And then in year two, year three, when he's still going to be incredibly young then he can start having an impact on your team and you didn't you didn't spend a top 50 pick so if it doesn't work out no harm no foul not a big deal and now green bay can do the thing that they're they're always want to do and that is all right fifth round fourth round 
sixth round, seventh round. Find those athletic guys with tools that they think they can coach up and can be secondary pass rushers. Because that's really all those guys are ever going to be. You know, the, the 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 draft stats are pretty clear on this. If you want an impact pass rusher, you got to draft them in the in the first round. Well, Green Bay is probably not going to do that. So now they can wait. They can get some toolsy guys who might be able to play some special teams. They can be backup rotational guys with tools that you can just figure out. You can project. And, and they don't have to come in and play right away because they just don't because of the way they set up this team. I, I can't imagine that was unintentional. And so I think when you look at the, the fall of Ja'Kai Polite, to me, there's just no question that that contributed in some way to the way that Green Bay viewed free agency to say, we don't want to put ourselves in a position to have to pick one of these guys that we're not comfortable with. We are comfortable with these two guys. So let's find a way to get them both. Let's structure the contracts in a way that it makes sense where they're going to take less in year one and those cap hits are going to balloon in year two, three, and four. But we want both of those guys. That was their mindset. And I I, I just, it only makes sense to me that sweat testing up and out of the Packers range and polite falling out of their range contributed to their viewing of free agency through that lens. All right, we'll be back tomorrow, and uh, we're going to discuss the new uh, pass interference review system, the rules, and the changes that were made there, why they're they're, they're concerning, I think, is, is uh, the best way to, to put it. And, and Matt LaFleur agrees, by the way. So we'll have a lot more to discuss uh, we're going to try and uh, get some more interviews in here to talk about the NFL draft. It is April 1st. I didn't play any April 1st, April Fool's tricks on you or anything like that. So um, hopefully there are some people in your life that love you enough to try. But I didn't. doesn't mean I don't love you. I do. I appreciate all of you for being a part of this Locked on Packers journey. Remember, you can help other people be a part of this Locked on Packers journey. It's Make a Friend Monday. So go make a friend. Tell them about Locked on Packers Help them subscribe if they don't know. Get them to download a podcast. And what's a podcast? Well, here it is, Grandma. This is this is the podcast app, and the, and, and the show will beam right to your tablet. It'll beam right to your phone, right to your computer. And while you're doing whatever, you can be listening to Locked on Packers. So go make a friend for Make a Friend Monday. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. I've been saving some more questions from social media to use on the show uh, because I, I think that's that's important. Um, and I, I frankly have been trying to engage a little bit less <laughs> on Twitter lately just because uh, I, I'm sick of arguing with Bears fans. But that is only a function of me wanting to save some content for the podcast we are we are getting into some lean times with nfl news so uh, the packers are going to start practicing in a week they could have start practice today but they didn't we're going to talk about that as well tomorrow so uh, there's still plenty to talk about but i want you to, to keep sending me those questions you can do it on twitter you can do it uh, on my personal twitter at peter underscore bukowski or the podcast twitter and anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can always, always do that. The number, put it in your phone, 
text it to your friends. If you're, when you make that friend, text them the number and let them know that they can send me a text or a voicemail. Call me, 920-341-3775 because that's the best way to stay locked on Packers. Packers.